0: Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. I am excited that you've joined us, and I'm even more excited that John Chapman of the 49ers Rush podcast is with us. This is a brand new podcast, and this is my very first time to have a guest on the show. And so I, I freaking love the it. best one right here. Thanks, John.
1: How's it going? Man, it's awesome. You know, you and I we were chatting a little bit beforehand, and... I I just got to say, man, I feel really lucky. This season was incredible. Such a memorable season. The ending kind of ruins a little bit of it, no (laughs) doubt. But I constantly am just trying to force myself to look back with enjoyment and pleasure and just how joyful this season was. The ending sucked. But yeah. very very happy to be here today. Mark, you've been killing it um with your written word and so I'm so excited to be a part of this just to to kind of launch this bad boy. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do, man.
0: Well, I'm excited to to be doing it and excited to have you. And so I I know that your time is limited today, so I want to jump right in. I have a series of questions that uh, that I want to ask you and then just kind of see what your uh, see what you're thinking about not only the the season that we just finished, but, uh, moving forward. And, you know, I, it's, it's funny. Cause I heard, gosh, I don't remember who it was. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. He was on KNBR this morning and they asked him something about Kyle, should Kyle Shanahan, should this talk about him being fired and he's like, what? And I, I am the same way. I, ha- I saw somebody just last week, Uh, two bad takes in one tweet. They said Kyle Shanahan should be fired and Trey Lance is a bust. And I'm like, how do you know? It's been 14 quarters. He can't be a bust yet. And how does Kyle Shanahan – I mean – where does this stuff come from? It's crazy, isn't it? it
1: it's it's a mess, and how quickly people forget uh, the dark ages of Tom Sula <laughs> and Kelly <laughs> right. and Dennis Erickson and all these things. Like th- the fact that Kyle Shanahan's up for Coach of the Year.
0: Yeah, right. Why
1: would you fire a Coach of the Year candidate that puts you in the NFC Championship three out of four years? Makes no sense. And if you are not a Trey Lance guy, that's okay because he hasn't proven it. But right the same breath as saying like Trey Lance hasn't proven it yet. There's nothing to be negative about with what you have seen. Like yeah. there's nothing that yeah. you can say, quote unquote bust a- absolutely ridiculous argument. Yeah. Well, I-, I wanted to get that
0: off my chest cause I thought that was just some crazy talk, but uh, let's get into some of the questions. First. I want to see what, what are your three takeaways from the 2022 season? Like what jumped out to you the most?
1: You know, I I wanted to do the questions you said over incredible, by the way, you got like a whole podcast series right here, man. I love it. (laughs) Um, And I wanted to do some positive, some negative, because I want to balance it out. So positive, gosh, what a difference a quarterback makes. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has been good and he's got a lot of wins, but as soon as Brock Purdy stepped in, absolutely just a a tear um, through the NFL through some great defenses And did it whenever his pressure moments against the Cowboys, for sure. You know, I mean, just it didn't matter. Wherever he was, they were successful. So that's huge. Negative, D-line needs some work. Mm -hmm. This has been a backbone of the 49ers defense since Shanahan's arrived, even before that, with, you know, drafting both the Oregon guys in the first round. But it's Bosa or bust. Because you kind of saw what happened whenever Bose is getting double teamed, the other guys couldn't win one-on-one matchup. Sometimes Armstead could, but outside of that, it was just, it's a wash. And so that's that's a huge concern moving forward. And then another positive that I want to say is just what a difference Shanahan makes. Loses yeah. his entire Definitely. offensive staff and didn't miss a beat. Didn't miss a beat with three different quarterbacks. Didn't miss a beat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I get, I get, I'm right there with you. I see it 49ers faithful forever wrote, uh, I'm here. What's up fellas. Hey, 49ers faithful forever. Thanks for joining us. He had a lot to say here. Steve Young said, those people have no idea what they're talking about. Steve yeah. Young is right. <laughs> that is true. And what, you know, what, what about, what about Joe Montana saying that the 49ers need to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo? I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: I think it makes sense whenever you look at Joe's story. Um, He's somebody who, I mean, if you listen to that whole clip, he was even throwing shade at Steve young, uh, which was (laughs) crazy to me. And some people just can't get out of their own experiences. Um, And I totally understand that. And I love Joe and I love Steve, but Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Steve was, or sorry, Joe was the incumbent. Joe was Mm -hmm. the person that won a lot of games and he felt like he was wronged whenever he was traded. It makes sense. But, uh, Joe Montana's good at a lot of things. His, uh, quarterback takes for this current team. I would disagree (laughs) with. Yeah. I think
0: I remember, uh, at his retirement ceremony, um, I think I remember hearing that uh, I th- maybe they were having a party a- afterward or something. And, and his wife, Jennifer didn't invite Steve Young. So I don't know if that was a rumor or whatever. Uh, let's see. 49ers faithful forever also said negative lack of a true pass rusher opposite Bosa. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely something that, uh, that we need to see. So what's uh? Ha- let's do this. What is the one thing that happened in 2022 that you think could impact the team down the road. It could be something positive, like the emergence of Brock Purdy. It could be something negative, like Trey Lance still hasn't had his opportunity. What's uh, what's that one thing that you think uh, could Man, could impact the team?
1: I'm, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about this on my show, but I'm going to stick with it, and that's Tallano Hufunga as a playmaker on the backside. Uh, love Jimmy Ward. Love Joukowsky Tart. They're incredible. Great players, and they were with the 40 ers for a long time, neither one of which was a playmaker. Yeah. Um, very consistent and leader of men and great tacklers, great players. You got tall Noah and just provided such a huge spark in his first year starting. And not only was he just great from the start, I think he is the one that's going to benefit the most from the Steve Wilkes hire. You know, Steve Wilkes is coach. Mm. Uh, Sean Taylor, Ryan yeah. Clark, uh, he's coached uh, Buda Baker, a lot of really good playmaker safeties. That is the one guy that I'm looking at and I'm just saying, wow. Okay. He was all pro his very first year as a starter. I think the trajectory on him is pointing straight up. Uh, like, and I said this and, and like, I'm not trying to be like clickbaity or whatever, but I firmly believe this, that he is the type of player that could be a defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. If, just a couple other things break his way. That that dude is special. And I'm very, very excited to see what that's gonna bring long term. Because again, only one year as a starter going into his third year, I think he could be the next household name for the 49ers defensive legends.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, if, if he can overcome some of those mistakes that he makes in coverage, which hey, young players make mistakes and aggressive players make mistakes all players make mistakes, but yeah, I, I agree. He's, uh, he's going to be a a great one. So here's the controversial question. And I'm asking this uh, to you because you're the guy who breaks down the film. And if y'all haven't checked out John's Patreon, if you haven't checked out his uh, YouTube page, his podcast, do it, man. He breaks down plays very, very well. I've been, I don't know how long you've been doing this. Uh, this is my
1: seventh year. As okay. soon as we hit April, it will be year number eight. So nice. Um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a fun journey.
0: Yeah. I think I've been following you for at least five years. And so, um, I always learn a lot from you, but what did you think about that play where Brock Purdy was injured? Is it common for, uh, you know, I keep hearing in, in play action situations that it, it's not totally uncommon for a tight end to have to block an elite pass rusher. But is that something that happens a lot? Because I initially, I hated the play. But if that's something that happens all the time, and I've just never paid attention, then uh, then maybe I, I was wrong for saying that. But what did you think about that?
1: You know, it, it was a somewhat unique um, lineup that we had, the The offensive, because it was a wing set. And what I mean by that is you had a tight end to the right side, George Kittle, and then just off the tight end, you know, it's kind of a double tight right, but he's off. So the, the classification is when you have a tight end and then a tight end that's a little bit off the line of scrimmage, that's a true wing set. So it was wing right. So you got seven big blockers in there. Um, now Kittle released on a route, and very normal they actually ran that exact same formation three consecutive plays in a row on that drive they did wing right wing hmm. left wing right um and so that the entire way that that is constructed is look yeah they're going to put their edge guy out on the edge that's why he's an edge player that's where hassan reddick always goes whatever but you're spacing him out by your formation alignment in such a way that it's supposed to give your quarterback more time because again, he's not outside the tackle. He's not outside the tight end. He's outside the wing. And so he's so far removed from the play, you're thinking if we we are going to have time to get the ball off. Now, it, very, very normal to have a you know your number two tight end, Croft is a good blocker against mm-hmm. that's not an issue. The problem was it was a poor executed block from Tyler Croft. And two, uh, Brock Purdy patted the ball instead of throwing what he saw. Uh, And so whenever you combine bad on bad, that's when everything goes bad. Because if Croft would have just had a better block, it would have been fine. If Purdy would have just thrown the ball instead of patting the ball, it would have been just fine as well. Uh, And what people continue to fail to mention is that Mike McGlinchey, who's – you know, three players inside, he missed his block as well. And Fletcher Cox was literally right next to San Riddick about to hit yeah. him. So it, people are just looking for a witch hunt and something to point their finger at and say, this is why this yeah. is bad. Uh, but unfortunately, if you watch football enough, especially in the Shanahan scheme, you see that happen all the time.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, is, that's the play that he had Ayuk. Uh, open for what would have been a big gain, maybe even Correct. a score too. Uh, so that one hurt in multiple ways. And so what do you think about Brock Purdy? Has he shown you enough to uh, to believe that he's the guy or or is it still too early?
1: I have no problem with Brock Purdy being the guy. I mean, what he like I don't think people understand like how special it was seven consecutive games with two or more touchdown passes. Steve mm-hmm. Young didn't even do that in his 1994 MVP season. like <laughs> he he didn't get past five consecutive games. Uh, you look at what Jimmy Garoppolo, the most he's ever done was three consecutive games. And so like what he showed me showed he's the man. However, yeah. however, context is key because now he has his injury and they just announced, you know, they're going to do the surgery six month timeline. Well, you also have this other guy that you spend a lot of draft capital on Trey Lance, who guess what upside is phenomenal, but again, has not done it yet. That's all potential means is you haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. He's going to get all the first team reps. I think that this is a, how do I, how do I phrase this? I'm very not happy with the injury, never happy with any player's injury, even if it's somebody I dislike. But I think that this is going to organically solve itself to the point where Trey's going to get one more swing at this. And if for some reason he hesitates or it doesn't go well, Brock Purdy comes right back in and is just fine. Um, and so I understand the headlines and everybody's got to be, oh, who should start? Who should start? I think it's going to take care of itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I have answered because... W- at 49ers web zone we do a weekly mailbag during the season now right now it's it's gone to every other week but i i was asked that question you know it has Brock Purdy done enough and what i what i the way that i look at it is that at this point he's done enough to be QB1 now but Trey Lance has the upside and so in 3 years it may not be that way. It might be right. the Trey Lance is the guy at uh at that point. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. Um <laughs> 49ers faithful forever. said Croft whift. Yeah, he he's, he's right. He's, he's uh, right do well there. <laughs> you gotta put
1: guys in a position to be successful. The coaches did that, it wasn't executed, that's on the player. And again, if Brock Purdy just threw it right when he saw it, right, then it wouldn't even been an issue. People yeah. miss blocks all the time. I, I right. mean but anyway, yeah
0: i i i want to move. I want to skip ahead to something since we when, since we're talking about missing blocks. Um, and I, think I know, I, where, I, this yeah, you know <laughs> where this is going. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: I've been really hard on Mike McGlinchey, um, but he had a good season, and PFF has him listed in their top ten available free agents. I think that McGlinchey is going to get paid. And my hope is that the 49ers can at least make a lateral move, hopefully can upgrade. But my, my worry is what if we regret uh, letting Mike McGlinchey walk? What do you, what do you think about that?
1: I'll, I'll say this right. tackle is one of the worst positions in the NFL, as far as talent goes, like there's four good ones. That's it. Outside of that, it's just a bunch of dudes. It's almost wow. like the quarterback position where, like, look, either you have an absolute ace or you're trying to replace it and get something good. So McGlinchy is going to get paid. You are correct. Juwan Johnson uh is redoing his deal at almost 15 million per year. I think McGlinchy is just gonna be just under that 13, 14 million a year. Okay. Now, if you look back to last year when he got hurt, 49ers put in Tom Compton and it was just almost a wash. Like yeah. No step back whatsoever. Now, is Tom Compton great? Absolutely not. Um, Never even played tackle before. (laughs) He was a guard. But it's what it was, right? So me personally, I thought McGlinchey had a decent year. He was rough at the start, had eight solid games in a row. When the game started mattering, he went back to his old self. His effort was terrible against the Eagles. Literally was dodging defenders so that he would not make contact with them. I was Mm. very embarrassed. Wow. Um, But he's a good dude. He's a great locker room fit. Um, He's just kind of his own worst enemy. And the fact that he's either great or terrible, there is no average. And I don't know. Personally, I hope that he finds a better place where he will be regarded as a stud, which is what I think he deserves. I just think it would be best for both sides to part ways here.
0: Yeah. So if he does go somewhere else, you know, what are we looking at? If, if the 49ers stay in-house, Jalen Moore, Colton McKivitz do you think either of those guys are are as good as McGlinchey, or do do we
1: need to see the 49ers bring somebody from the outside? I think those two options, I'd prefer Colton McKivitz, but also... The rookie this year, Spencer Burford, he's athletic and long enough to slide to the right tackle spot. Okay. And so then you could put, you know, Daniel Brunskill could start at right guard. Um, Nick Sikail, who they spent, you know, was one of their favorite uh picks from last year as well. Like, there's options, there are options. And they've this is kind of the way the 49ers have been building because you have so many high cap. Players, right? Trent Williams, George Kittle, Fred Warner, about to be Nick Bosa, Debo, all these guys. You've got to kind of redshirt replace, which we saw with Lakin Tomlinson. You let him go, you plug in Banks, and he was perfect. Now right. you let mclinchy go, you plug in one of these understudies, and we'll see how it goes. Um, and so I would rather do that and save that cap space than spend top dollar on Mike mclinchy But if mclinchy does come back, I'll be very happy about it and hope that he can kind of turn his career around and stop some of those just posterized plays that he just seems to get almost every game.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see if they're going to spend money – I would rather see it on, on the defensive edge, you know, get somebody right. opposite Nick Bosa. Um, yeah. That's uh, that, that'll be, uh, that'll be a, a fun thing to watch, especially with those young guys. So the 49ers have a handful of free agents. And when I say a handful, I mean a lot Uh 20, I think 21 unrestricted free agents. They have three restricted, which uh, hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll probably all be back, but are there a couple of free agents that the 49ers have that you think I definitely want to see? There's like Jimmy Ward would be one of mine, but I don't think he's coming back. Robbie Gold, I'm sure, is going to be one that, that people want back. Who who are you wanting to see back?
1: Two of the guys that I really, really want back. I've already mentioned one, Daniel Brunskill, who's played all five positions for the 49ers. Uh, that's a guy I want bracket. Tayshawn Gibson, the yeah. safety that you pulled off the street right before the season, you plug him in, was awesome. Just unbelievable, uh, the entire year actually led the team in snaps uh defensively it didn't miss a game. Was mm-hmm. it was just great. So those would be two just that I would love to get because if you do get Tayshawn Gibson, the 49ers defense is going to be solid. Mm-hmm. I just you're not plugging in a new safety. Jimmy Ward's gone and he's gonna get paid, and he deserves it. Um, but yeah, Tayshon Gibson, Daniel Brunskill, those would be the big two. If I could throw three in there, probably Jordan Willis, uh, the defensive end, just as a rotational guy, not that he's gonna, you know, whatever, light it up, but he's just so consistent and cheap that he's one of those DE rotational guys that I just think has been really good. Yeah. Gibson, they picked up off the
0: scrap heap, like you said, and he played more defensive snaps than anybody else on, on the defense. And that's, yeah. that's, that's really impressive. What do you think about the nickel corner position? You know, if, if Ward is definitely out and it sounds like he is, you know, what do you think Samuel Womack? Are they going to move De'Ambidor De- Lenore inside? What's uh what's the thought? I, I asked Eric Davis, Eric Davis was doing a, a thing on Twitter where he was asking for questions. And I asked something about uh, Lenora, I I think. And he, he said, I think that he needs to be inside. So what, what do you think? uh, What do you think we're looking at
1: uh, at nickel? I think Samuel Womack would probably be the guy in this current thing. And I mean, if Demo hasn't proved by now that he's an outside corner, I think he could play both. I think his natural fit is inside, but good gosh, dude gave up one touchdown. Yeah. One touchdown all year. <laughs> he know. was the best corner in the playoffs for any yeah. team. I mean, yeah. he shut down amazing wide receivers. C D Lamb, right, against both the Eagles guys. Like, the dude just absolutely balled out. Like, it, Demo is incredible. I know people were really upset in the middle of the season. There were some rough where he, you know, he was always in position, but just the, the catches were being made over him. But good mm-hmm. gosh, like that dude was just unbelievable uh, down the stretch. So I've got no issues whatsoever with Demo outside. I love the comment by 49ers faithful uh, sign E-man and move Demo inside. Well, e Man's probably not going to be ready until, you know, week seven or eight uh, Mm -hmm. around there. So um, no, I'm, I think Demo's great. I really, really do. His best position is probably nickel, but I do not mind him at all being the starting outside corner for the 2023 season.
0: Yeah, he he was great, and I I hope that they re-sign Emmanuel Mosley. But like you That's said, it. who knows when he's going to be ready? Jason I feel horrible for the guy, but I think it's time to move on. Um, Javon Kenlaw, what do you think about him? He's not a free agent, but I I am I am nearing the end of my rope with him.
1: I think his contract is going to be his saving grace, um, and here's what I mean by that: like it's a rookie deal. you cut them, you're still paying them. So there's nothing really you can do with them. You got to go with them for another year. And he's just a, he's got to be an extra piece. And you're kind of where it's, he can go nowhere but up. Uh, He coming off the worst game of his entire career by far. Um, And who knows, maybe he could save his, it's a contract year. I love the man, love who he is off the field, love his story, love what he's fought to overcome. It was just a terrible game. It was a yeah. terrible game, and yeah. I, I think people are forgetting that dude forced three fourth down stops three games in a row. Um, if you look at, I think it was the Raiders, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks game—the first one of the playoffs. Like he's had some positive plays, but he got posterized several times in a row by Jason Kelsey in his biggest stage of his career. But yeah. uh, you know, do you pick up the fifth year option? No way. There's no way you do that. But mm-hmm. his fourth year, it's already it's a rookie deal. Right. So there's I mean you're bringing him back you've seen what he can do can he stay healthy can he just be that plug in big down situations heavy run situations that's what you're hoping for but yeah you don't cut him or anything there's no trade nobody's going to trade for that deal um you got him for one more year and I hope he can prove himself so he can sign probably somewhere else um but yeah we'll see we'll see
0: Yeah. I, you know, I, I never expected him to replace DeForest Buckner, but I hoped that this year, yeah, right. And DeForest Buckner is elite. And I I hoped this year that he would at least provide some of the run stuffing and some interior pass rush that DJ Jones uh, did. But uh, man, the 49ers defense missed DJ Jones this year. Yeah.
1: Um, big time. And th- another main issue with the 49ers has been since Shanahan showed up, not that it's a Shanahan issue, is that they stack injuries at the same position. Yeah. You know, there was one year where we lost five centers before the season even started. This year you had four quarterback injuries. This year you had five defensive tackle injuries. Um, you know, the previous years you had four or more running back injuries. So whenever injuries happen in football, there's no doubt yeah. about it. But whenever you stack at one position all those injuries, that's where it gets weird. And yeah. it just, it showed this year. It showed this year.
0: Yeah, it, it really did. I, I would, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a question about Jimmy Garoppolo. Bring it. You know, I remember get weird on uh, what was it, Monday? Was that the, uh, I don't remember when it was, the final press conference of the season, Shanahan and Lynch. And, You know, I do remember kind of thinking, boy, he just Kyle Shanahan just kind of seemed to blow off any talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. But I didn't, I didn't find it rude. I thought that Shanahan was grumpy the whole press conference. And especially on that last question, I don't know who asked that question, but it was a terrible question uh, about, you know, getting your quarterbacks hurt. But, you know, and then now Tim Kamak. Tim uh, Kawakami is talking about, you know, that he's talked to some players and, and nobody came out and said anything, but Garoppolo didn't show up for the press conference. And, and he's saying that what he's getting just from things he's hearing is that the relationship between Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch went South as the season went on. we, I mean, you think that's a real thing, or you think that Garoppolo's just grumpy, or uh, Kyle Shanahan was just grumpy, and Garoppolo's ready to get out, uh, or do you think there's more to it?
1: No, I think there's a little more to it. This is the first time uh, Jimmy's always been different, even all the way back at his time in uh, you know New, New England, uh, problems with teammates there, and then here, every single offseason, the very first 2017, you trade for Jimmy, you win those five games whatever else he disappears. Kittles talked about this every single year. When the season's over, Jimmy's the first one out of the locker room. He won't answer my texts or return my calls until he's back. That's just who Jimmy (laughs) is. And you know, you kind of take what you get, but uh, Kittle's like his best friend. Kittle even said he bought me a phone and he won't even answer my, (laughs) my texts or my calls. Like that's who Jimmy is now. The Kyle-Jimmy spat back and forth. Hey, what you reap is what you sow. And when Jimmy signed his redid deal this year, he took, I don't know, six or seven shots at Kyle Shanahan in his play calling and how he handles things through the press conference. I don't mind that at all. I like saltiness. And, <laughs> hey, if Jimmy's going to be salty through press conference towards Kyle Shanahan, well, guess what? What You you got to deal with it, man. Right. And so Kyle's sending some of that back. I love it. And and this was also the exact same tone that Kyle had last year, right? No, there's no way Jimmy's coming back. There's, I cannot see a way for Jimmy to come back. I cannot see it. Well, he came back anyway. Um, and I don't think those two are going to be sending each other Christmas cards. I just don't (laughs) see it. Kyle is a loyalty guy to the max, you know, I always joke around and call it the Kyle Shanahan loyalty program where he brings all the people that he coached or played with in the past, him and Jimmy, they're not syncing up, man. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Uh, that was uh, an interesting soap opera. Uh, I'm actually working on a piece right now for 49ers web zone talking about uh, how the 49ers quarterback situation has gone from legendary to soap opera. Uh, yeah. So uh, have that out. We talked about Talanoa Hufunga earlier and how he made a jump, you know, from his rookie season to his second season. You see that from anybody else coming up?
1: Yeah, there, there's a couple guys. If I could pick one that would make the jump, not, I'm, not that I'm predicting this, I'm saying it would be in the 49ers best interest if this player did make a jump. That's straight Jackson. Um, who struggled down the stretch and was a healthy scratch for like five of the last like seven weeks. If the 49ers could have any player make a jump, it would be him. Um, he's got all of the tools, but the NFL is different than college. Kyle Shanahan called him out yeah. blatantly um, and mm-hmm. basically said he's, he lost all of his strength, um, and that's hard to do to maintain that through the NFL season. So if all I right. could have anybody make a jump, it would be him. If I could predict... Anybody to make a jump? I, I'm going to go with two guys, Samuel Womack, who I do think will start at nickel, and a little bit of a reach. Um Quantrez Knight, undrafted free agent. I absolutely love this dude. He won special uh, – he won, sorry, scout team player of the mm-hmm. year. I think that dude, he can play nickel, he can play outside, he can play safety if – and this is a big if – but if Tayshawn Gibson does, in fact, retire, which he's earned it – um one of my dark horse candidates is going to be Quantrez Knight, who we didn't get to see on the active roster at all this year. But that kid's got some special, something special to him. I really, really like him. So you think they might uh, move him to safety? He was taking some snaps there, uh, okay. even you know throughout uh, special teams. Or sorry, scout team. I did it again. Uh, he was doing some safety work as well. He's a ball hawk wherever you want to put him. And so you know, I really do just see Emmanuel Mosley. The progressant progression that he took, I think that's Quantres Knight to a T. Uh, nice. Undrafted free agent that can kind of play inside, outside. A lot of people forget mostly was a slot guy his first year mm-hmm. with the Niners, yeah. then moved outside. Right. So
0: that's good. Yeah. 49ers faithful forever. Uh, I think still talking about Drake Jackson. Seen him lose strength on your breakdowns, John, when he kept doing spin moves.
1: Yeah, and I mean, his biggest problem was he was brought in on pass-rushing downs. He could not maintain his his lane integrity. So when the quarterbacks were running – Uh, for first downs, it was almost always at Drake Jackson because he was just getting washed down or washed out um, at the point of contact. And yeah, spin moves. I hate spin moves. As a former coach, (laughs) I always used to tell my guys, why in the hell would you turn your back to the (laughs) ball carrier? You can't see what's happening. Don't do that. (laughs) The last things as you can possibly. It's your last case scenario. And even then, I'm going to yell at you when you come to the sideline. (laughs) Uh, You play football with your eyes.
0: Yeah. Great. That's great advice. <laughs> Biggest concern for 2023.
1: I think, I think it's going to be the same thing that the 49ers had this year, and they're going to be as good as their defensive line will allow them to be. And you know, the 49ers had the number one defense points, yards, whatever metric you want. They dominated. However, they were not getting after the quarterback and you know, you look at the sacks that took place down the stretch quarterbacks weren't getting hit quarterbacks were somewhat comfortable. Now, were they putting up lots of points? No, but if this team's going to be what it could be, it's got to have a better pass rush. It just has to. And that's my biggest concern is the pass rush opposite of Bosa Armstead's great. Um, he's a complete, you know, run defender, pass defender, Bosa's, the best defensive player in football but you can't just have two aces yeah you can't you got to get some guys there that's why I want to see McGlinchey go elsewhere and spend that money on a defensive end or a pass rushing defensive tackle or something uh because I think that defensive line and that's who John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan Mm -hmm. built this team around yeah it just hasn't panned out the way yeah and it was the strength
0: in 2019 that was the strength Mm -hmm. of the team and and you're right Uh the, the team goes as they go. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I had, I had planned to ask you uh, some questions about the uh, defensive coordinator spot, but instead uh, oh. Steve Wilks, uh, but instead I'm going to just send people to, cause I, you just did a podcast on that. So where can they find your work? Where can they find, because I, I, I thought that was really good information, I wasn't super familiar with Steve Wilkes just a little bit here and there uh, but I learned some good stuff in that so where where can uh, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, if you just type in John Chapman or 49ers Rush, wherever you watch, listen, download, we're going to find that. Um, And it was about three episodes ago, just uh, 49ers hire Steve Wilkes as DC. And, you know, we did about an hour just breaking down his past, players he's coached, players he's been around, schemes, all that kind of stuff, who he is, who he's not. Um, And I don't know, it was was a lot of fun because, you know, we get to this point and the offseason just started. But we know our guys, you know, we know our guys. And so we've always promoted from within the 49ers have. And now it's nice to kind of look out Mm -hmm. and bring some new experience blood in. And I'm just so excited about what Steve Wilkes is and kind of who he is. Amazing human being. And again, just real quick, I'm just going to rattle off some names that this (laughs) dude has coached because it's impressive. Sean Taylor, Ryan Clark. Charles Tillman, Eric Weddle, Quentin Jammer, Booter Baker, Patrick uh, Peterson, linebackers, Brian wow. Urlacher, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Lance Briggs, D.Ns, Miles Garrett, Julius Peppers, Chandler Jones, Brian Burns, and that's all the Twitter uh, limitation that I can fit. There's more <laughs> great names. This dude has been around studs, and he's going to be able to step in. We got an all-pro at every level. This year, Fred Warner, Tall and Oofunga, Nick Bosa, he can handle all those things. I'm very, very excited. Now, is this Vic Fangio home run? I don't think so. I think this is a double or a triple. Or if you're a golf guy, right down the fairway. Um, excited about this hire. Really, really Good. am.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I am too. I, From what I hear, he's he's a leader of men. And I think that that's, that's definitely something that uh, we as 49ers fans want to see on our team. John, thanks so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and to hear uh, some of your takes uh, on this. I really appreciate your time.
1: Dude, I this is awesome. Mark, I'm one of your biggest fans. So <laughs> I, I, I read everything fans. that you do. You're always positive. You're always putting out great information. And one of my favorite things that I think – how do I say this? You're always, you're not replicating what's being done. You're always doing something new and original and asking different questions, and that's something that in this industry is difficult. So, man, just keep doing what you're doing. I'm a big fan and uh, absolute honor to be on your show, man.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks, John. That means a lot, and thanks for not only mentoring me, but uh, I know that you've helped out a lot of other content creators, so thanks for the investment that you put in. And thanks, guys, uh, everybody who's uh, watching. appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind taking some time to subscribe, that would make you my new best friend. And uh, make sure you find John and and subscribe to to everything that he does if you hadn't already done that. Everybody stay safe out there and uh, go Niners.
1: Go Niners, baby.